This is Death Before Dishonor. I'm Genesee. My character is Xanatari. She's a good aligned Kalishtar war priest. I'm Daniel. This symbol is renowned for being associated with the Rod of Orcus, the artifact that I'm after. I'm Eric. My, my name is, is Cesar. I was a, a slave worker for the uh, undead armies of Thay for 75 years. I'm Kevin. I, I, I kind of have my own personal quest, I guess, uh, just to become a protector of people. And I'm Tinzian. Shall we start this over again? Some of the beauties of D&D. Can't end the story. Goes anywhere you want it. Welcome to the show. I'm Genesee. I'm Eric. I'm Daniel. I managed to not interrupt the introduction like no, you just Thorin did. just did. No, he was there. This, he sat down. I was so impressed. He got up and, of course, left in the introduction, and then he sat down right when he yeah, had but to you say. Can, you can hear you can hear him sitting there cleaning the uh, cleaning his room and stuff. Oh, I wasn't cleaning my room. I was closing the door. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be interrupted while we record. Mm-hmm. Look, tur- who, look who just stuffed up the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Did you turn your fax machine off? <sighs> Not one. Actually, that reminds me. Hold on. Oh, I need to go do that. Professional no, 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 no. all going. the people. I've already introduced myself. Us. And that is Tinzian. Yes, and there this is Death Before Dishonor. <laughs> Today is Friday, September 7th, and this is episode 71 in a weekly series following a group of friends playing Dungeons and Dragons, hosted by the Great Area Podcast. Crazy week, and Kevin is not with us today, but we will somehow manage without him. And I'm going to let Tinsian tell about the story, but before he does, I have some personal stuff. Uh, you may or may not know that I am the community manager for Fable Streams, and that is the people that are doing Genesis. It's an RPG tabletop. And we just came out with a dice app, which is one of eventually five apps in one called Huzzah. But I could use, if anyone does use dice apps and they want uh, to get this one, I'm going to link it, I think, on the page because I could definitely use some feedback um, on it. And it's called Game On. You can find it on the iTunes store. And 99 cents, but I could use some feedback. Uh, bad or good, because I definitely uh, don't want to put out this compilation app with a crappy dice roller. So I know that Fable Streams would love your feedback. Uh, so if you do use dice apps, check it out, 99 cents. And uh, again, I personally could use your feedback. So that's my uh, that's my shameless plug for that. <laughs> and now, Tinzian will catch us up on where we are without Kevin. So Dungeon Master, you are a go. As Anatari mentioned, this week has been a hot mess, so this podcast could just entirely go tanking into um, the <laughs> middle of a tree or a cliff or whatever. Who cares? But uh, we'll do the best we can. In the last episode, the members of the party, with I believe the exception of Thorn, have all realized that they are dealing with uh, some form of a captive mind flare. They have passed their individual accounting tests of their uh, person and thoughts and so forth, and have been assigned a minotaur that is to escort them to an area called the Loom. So we'll pick up from there, 
jump into this and uh, hopefully eventually at some point in time we'll all get to sleep and uh, <laughs> it can end. <laughs> Stepping out of the area right around the Mind Flayer, you can all feel, with the exception of Thorn, who simply is somewhat minorly cognizant that there's a glitch in the system, you can feel that the illusion of the area wants to try and resert itself uh, more just kind of as a bit of window dressing, but it's not an obligatory or mandatory thing. Um, it's not a mind wipe or any of those sorts of things. For those that wish to walk out, they are escorted through a number of locked and barred doors out into um, the city proper. For the benefit of those who are keeping track, the beholder, or what Thorne believed to be a beholder, is still uh, floating around one of the upper levels of the city. It is closer this time. The rest of the party can clearly see that it is some sort of large floating creature with multiple eye stalks, a single huge eye, and a large mouth filled with teeth not seem to have aggroed upon the party, and so forth. I believe in the last episode, Xanatari wanted to stop at Clyde or something. No, uh, I just passed the skills, uh, or the mental check. Uh, Mithrin had declined to, to participate, and I was mm-hmm. going to be passed into wherever we're going now that we've all been approved and time-stamped. Anybody, once they are out of the prison, for lack of a better word, um, have any actions that they want to take before they are escorted on by the Minotaur? Um, nope. Not really. Okay. Are our mounts still with us, by the way? Or do they left? They were left outside, were they not? They were left uh, just inside the gate. There's a stable-type area. Uh, should be noted that as far as Fluffy is concerned, Fluffy was not viewed as an abomination and allowed into the city and is um, being taken care of in some former manner, as are the rest of the party's mounts. I want to mention for the chat room, uh, <laughs> Eric is in his car recording, and that's why he's in the dark, because he's that dedicated that he's sitting in the car recording tonight. So that is why uh, he looks as though he's sitting around a campfire telling a scary story at times. Carry on. So is there anything that you want to do? So did um did they uh did they take the money? Or did they just like look at it and count it? No, they took the money and after everyone passed their exam a portion was removed of the money. Okay. So the the large sack is is empty. Uh, Thorn, I believe, was rebuffed on his two gems, and I'll say that just to make bookkeeping easier, he's got uh, he's got the gems with him. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. I love. Uh, I want to take the money and you know put it back in my bags with uh, that are on the horse since it's not really manageable to, to lug around, but... So yeah. which, which money are you talking about? Because they... You had the saddlebags full with the money that Future Cesar had given you 
yes. uh, that was turned over and all that was um, taken by the mind flare after each test. Oh, okay. It all was. Okay. Yes. Then never um, mind. There's still the you know amount that you guys had removed for the extra amount and your little side side right. tithing of funds from the party as usual. Um, but I don't think I removed that. So, um, actually, you did. I remove. What do you mean? A long time ago, you would remove the extra currency that you were playing. No, with. I mean, I mean, I didn't. I didn't take it into this. Uh, illusionary room, like it's Correct. still with the yes. horse, so that's yes. where it's gonna stay. Um, so I'm just looking to get to the loom. Um, oh, by the way, uh, there have been guards posted at the uh, the party's mounts because there's apparently no sort of locking mechanism for any of their containers, so it appears that the city has accommodated you guards. Okay. And um, so far, there's no dead minotaurs in front of any of the maps. <laughs> We're good there. The party is uh, taken on about a five-minute trip, and the minotaur that is with them uh, starts showing showing them various governmental buildings, different seats of power. Here, are the courts. Here's the trade court. Seems much more, um, reverence not the right word, respectful of the trade court versus the law court. And you are soon, um, brought before another nice looking building. This one is set very deeply into, uh, the rock face and is protected by a a pair of minotaurs on the outside, and a clear series of wards along the outside door openings and the building itself. What sort of wards? Like, we detect them? You, There's carved out uh, symbols and what appears to be writing. Large ones that have been placed around the door jamb and also at various parts of the wall. Can do an arcane check. Sure. Twenty-four. These are appear to be wards of protection. I didn't think they were wards of sandwiches. Uh, <laughs> wards of protection right. from, from, from the outside facing in, not something coming from the inside out. Okay. Um, it also looks like there's a something to do with securing doorway. So it's almost like a like a magical security door or something? Yeah. Right. Sort of hmm. sort of a a bank vault door, but it just looks like a building. Is it like a weapons check, like going through uh the airport security? No, this is more if somebody tried to lob a catapult rock or tried to attack the building itself, the rock may or may not chip or break or... Okay. You know, it appears to be warded, and then the door itself appears to be warded against, you know, like they could close it and 
you might not be able to get in or they can defend it easier, but it's got some strength to it. Very good. And there is a, um, you sort of notice as you look up deep in the shadows, a large number of white strands, probably about the size of uh, grapefruit balls, grapefruit or a ball. Okay. And in terms of thickness, so there's like these cables that go into holes in the wall of the building. Where do they run from there? Like they go from the building to where? Um, up towards the ceiling, and there's a pathway. I don't know if uh, any of you are familiar, but uh, with in a data center, there's fiber optic trays. Nope. Okay. Um, there appears to be sort of like at the top of a stage, some sort of series of paths and walkways and uh, bits okay. and bits for moving stuff around the city. Okay, like a like a catwalk system. Yeah, and there's what appears to be these long sort of trays or whatever, and it is feeding material, you know, these um, strands into the building. Um, can I do a perception check to see whether there's any movement within these cables? See whether like, it's like a travel system for items or gold or something like that? Sure. Just to, yeah, okay. Uh, 18 plus 15, that makes, uh, a 33. No, it, it, the cables are moving as if something yep. is pulling the, uh, the strands into the building, but it mm-hmm. does not appear to be a, um, enclosed container for transportation of those items. So, so the cable itself is being sucked into the building? Yes. Okay. And there's a number of them, about 15. Are there any leaving? Uh, there is no, none leaving. Hmm. Um, from what I rolled with my perception check, am I able to tell whether it's a, a fiber, like a natural fiber, or like a, like a man-made? Or? It, does, it does seem there's, uh, depending on your exposure to the finer clothes in life, um, it sounds like uh, the rustling of silk. Mm, okay. Can I roll a nature check to identify it and say whether it is silk? Sure. Yeah, that's good. That's, uh, that's an 18. Yep. It uh, does appear in, to be some form of uh, silk. Like a natural silk. Okay. okay. Yes. Sort you of mean like, like soy milk? So it's made of soy milk? Uh, only if it's the chocolate kind, because that's delicious. The rest of it, we shall never speak about. <laughs> um, no, not Dude. like milk, but that uh, does sound really good right now. You guys have to the... so funny. <laughs> <laughs> let's right, let's uh, try to abstain from food, because it's like 1, 1, 1, uh, 1 p.m., and I'm hungry as hell. It's lunch. All right, Tim, so, I'm sweating to the back of a car. Shut up. <laughs> hey, hey. Your choice. No, it's not my choice. That is your choice. 
You could just as easily sit outside on a step somewhere. You don't have to be in a car. You wouldn't be able to hear me. The crickets are very loud, and there's lots of kill the crickets too. with uh, your crossbow. I'll be back. Um, Twenty. Minutes, I'll kill the crickets. Alright. <laughs> where where are you lost at, or was that just the out-of-character banter that we... Um, okay, you're talking about cables or the catwalk system going into this building and not out of it. I'm confused on where the silk comes in, unless you're saying the cables are made of silk? Bingo. The cables are made of silk. Okay. So, up, up in the top of the cavern, there's this entire large walkway of whatever... There's also, for lack of a better term, thing kind of like the top of aqueducts. Mm-hmm. And it seems that it, there's these termination points for these aqueducts. And from them, going down from the ceiling, down into this building, there are these long strands of... And do we see what they're transporting? themselves. They're just transporting they're themselves solid. into the building. Okay. And we can't see inside like they're hollow or something. Yeah, they're no, it's, it's just it's just striking white silk. Yeah, it's just, you know, a big thing of white silk being sucked into the building. What you describe as like um like long ropes of silk, I guess. Uh, if you have a like sewing, twisted if, if you have a sewing machine and you have the whatever it's called of thread, bobbin, bobbin. the bobbin of thread. <laughs> I love this how is sort of that. this is sort of the um, if you had the bobbin as somewhere up in the ceiling in this maze, mm-hmm. and then the thread threading down to whatever through this building from afar. So the silk itself is the uh, um, the silk is currency the silk being what's transported in this case. Yes. Okay. And so how <laughs> far off the ground is the silk? Um, it's probably about three hundred plus feet. Okay. So it's it's kind of at a sharp angle going down into this building, and you can hear it sort of whispering, sound wise, like silk passing over um, stone and other stuff. I think we may have arrived at the loom. <laughs> Why, yes, I agree. Yes, uh, The Minotaur takes and uh, presents you in front of the guards in front of the loom building, and you are granted access. Stepping in, uh, there's a short little walkway, and you, it opens up into quite a large room. Think uh, about the size of maybe a dirigible hangar, if you watch uh, Mythbusters or whatever they've sometimes been in. Um, these large hangars, probably about four to 600 feet long, maybe 150 foot wide. Uh, very tall ceilings. The... Uh, silk from outside comes into the building and is put into a series of rollers and separators. Mm-hmm. There's some degree of mechanical work here. There's some degree of uh, people just standing around trying to make sure that things don't get snagged kind of thing. But it takes these large bundles of 
silk and splits them out into uh, many individual smaller uh, threads of silk. Okay. Smaller okay. Smaller. Okay. Are they all and the same color? Yes. They are, they are all whites. Um, and then they are fed into a large number of rather gigantic, uh, loom machines, the manual looms. Mm-hmm. Except these have some automation and a bit of steampunk aspect to them. And they seem to be, you know, making, making things here and there. But what they're currently making appear to be, um, as you're being moved off towards uh, one particular loom, Cesar and anybody else who wishes to make a, um Arcana check, you can feel that they're, these machines are quite old and actually rather powerful in terms of magic. 29... These, these are taking in such a, a, a vast quantity of material, but what comes out on the other end of the belts are things of various dif- in different sizes. So there, there seems to be an inordinate amount of loss somewhere for the amount of silk going in. But the items that are coming off the back have sort of a latent magical charge to them. What sort of items? Uh, in some cases, are clothing, um, lots of what appear to be capes. Okay. Any giant flags? Uh, there are actually, in some cases, a few flags going off the belt. They're not all giant size. Some of them are. And you are left momentarily in the presence of a gnome that is sitting in front of one of these um, looms. And he checks to make sure first that you are indeed you know the people that are supposed to be there and then he asks you if you are all of the same trade house or not hmm I would think well, we want to say yes yeah well we are kind of a party and we did just get processed by okay. the vizier uh, yep. all at the yep, same we time are. okay and he wants to know what the symbol of the trade house is. Bear riding a shark. No. <laughs> <laughs> With a scimitar. How about... Well, it can't be the rod of Orcus. It could be a really obnoxious ring. Um, a giant squirrel. Uh, what do you think? Uh... Uh, a whale riding a giant squirrel. <laughs> well, when we had our building back in uh in town, did we have like anything about that that would be representative of the party? I don't think you guys had ever fully declared a sigil. 
What about something like? Right, I'm going to draw it out. Oh, God. Hopefully, this is going. This is going to be great audio for uh, for people. <laughs> right. All right. So to describe to people that can't see what I am drawing, it On is a, circle, a key, a lime. Well, let's see. It's, let's think about it. For e- it, it, it is it is a key crossed with a dagger. Hold on. Crossed you draw it. Genesis, say what you were going to say. Well, let's with, think of something that represents each of us. I mean, we have. That's what I'm doing. Well, why does the Just key have any Wait a second. Let her talk while you draw. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have our magical items that we gave each other, which were pretty symbolic. I mean, we have the book. We have the uh, the crossbow or some sort of gadgetry that would represent Cesar. Um We have lightning, which would represent me, and then a thorn. What would represent thorn? Possibly a you know, like a wolf or a, a dog or a button. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's let's All get literal right. here, huh? I mean, so everyone else has a symbol, and I get it like a wolf head. Cool. We we could right. do like a traditional coat of arms with each of us taking a quadrant, or hey, I like that. Well, what or do it you think, be something Thorn? more Hold abstract. On. Okay, so what I've drawn, and I don't know whether you can see it or not. All right, shield your eyes, young children. The claw of my notes, the key to represent the thief aspect of me. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. In the middle there is the storytelling staff of yeah. Mithrin. Okay. Okay. The blade. For Zenitaro. Making a mace. Our war cleric, or a mace, we can fix that. Make and then the book for our artificer, Scissor. I would prefer a cog. See, I didn't do anything rude. I, yeah, we can change it. A, a cog. You're, you're, I'm more than happy to do a cog. You'd prefer a what? A cog. Cog. Yeah, cog. okay. G. G. <laughs> I like it. I like it. A uh, cog. We'll we'll need that done up in in a very nice uh, high definition thing for the um. For the or website. you can make you can make the cog the background of the three things crossing rather than below. That way, it's more. Yeah, it, if you want me to do that, I can do that. Yeah, it looks like uh, one of those religious symbols. That's, uh, I can't remember what denomination it is. It's not a cross. <laughs> it's got like a strange, long central line. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. Uh, we weren't trying to insult you by picking the dog wolf aspect. I just didn't think the uh, thief whatever. aspect was probably the best thing to emphasize. But the well, let's face it, it's what I'm best known for, right? The... I think you're best known for jumping off of things. <laughs> your adventurous spirit is what you're best known for, but there's no <laughs> icon for that. I could do a winged boot. Hey. Daniel, how about 350 experience points for that effort? Thank you. I would love to. Very well Thank done. Very much. That actually looked very nice on the screen, and we'll get that whipped up onto the website so people can actually see it and appreciate it. Um, having done your sketch and showing it to the gnome, he nods and begins to turns around and begins to start focusing very intently on the loom and is sort of muttering and trying to I don't know, maybe program it or try to show the loom convey the image that it sees onto um, material. After about 10-15 seconds the loom starts to clatter and work and make sort of this rather I guess over the top 
sounding whirl and just mechanical nightmare of bits and pieces moving and somehow it all keeps keeps going. The gnome turns around and looks at everyone in the party and goes, well, that shall handle for the overall trade house, but each of you are still required your own documents. What do you owe? And sort of looks down as if uh, there must be this either piece of paper in hand or maybe a, a mental message was sent. Um, in terms of the uh, accounting that was done, the gnome gives a very sort of toothy smirk to each of you and for turns around and starts to work on the loom again. Thorn? Mm-hmm. When this is all said and done, um, it appears that a small flag, well, probably, uh, well, a piece of cloth that's about a foot by a foot is spit out from the loom. Mm-hmm. And on it is the symbol that common minotaur symbol that has been viewed on every bit of one of these flags to date. However, in the mouth of uh, the minotaur symbol, there appears to be a uh, rod of some kind that it's holding. Alrighty. And on the cloth of uh, the gnome holds it up and shows it towards you and then sends it off towards um, sort, of, sort of kind of like a, a, a wiring a hanging conveyor belt that's got various hooks on it with clips. Clips the um, cloth to it and sends it off where it seems to be heading towards a dye tank. And it goes through and is colored and looks like it'll be it'll be back at some point soon. Okay. Xanatari. Mm-hmm. Based upon what you told the Mind Flayer, and only what you told the Mind Flayer, what would you view as being the prominent symbol that it would come out with based upon uh, that information? Hmm, well, it's going to have something to do with memories or longevity. Um, I don't know that he knows about Bert or about the Storm God connection, so um, I'm going to think something to do with connection. So I'm going to say like two circles, the line between them, facing vertically so it doesn't look like a barbell. Okay. Uh, There is the... A new cloth comes out. This one is yours. It has the common minotaur emblem to it. And where position to the emblem would you like, or at what angle would you like to have that? The picture of the minotaur is just like a minotaur face on like this with the horns coming sideways? Yeah, it's, it's the face on and uh, has the horns kind of deal. 
Okay. Um, vertically, like this, between okay. the horns. Okay. Very good. That is also likewise sent off to um, the die tank. Cesar. Yes. Yours comes out with... Um, where would you like... Actually, I have a better idea. I think okay. for this this one, I'll just kind of kind of give it to you. Do it. This one comes out with the Minotaur symbol as standard, but one of the eyes is a cog. Okay. And likewise, send forth. We can figure out, and next time uh, Mithrim's on, we can figure out what his is. All of the pieces of cloth are eventually returned to the gnome. And he sort of rings them out and turns around and starts shaking uh, any little bits of moisture left. It seems to dry. Each seems to dry extremely quickly. Within 30 seconds, they are dry. But on the front of them, at some point on the same side as the Minotaur head, there's a silver sort of puddle of fluid. It seems to be racing around the surface of the cloth. He's holding the um, piece of the cloth like you would uh, so that it, it's facing towards you, but the, the silver stuff is still moving around, sort of defying gravity Um any responses so far to what's going on? Arcane check. Okay. 32 for Arcane. Okay. The stuff is, of course, magic. The entire uh, fabric seems quite um, magically imbued at the moment. Uh, it's extremely thin, but looks extremely strong. There's Within the threads, it seems to be imprinted with small runes um, that you'd have to look very carefully at um, under normal circumstances. Uh-huh. But right now, you can see them um, forming across the surface of the cloth. Uh, strength, protection. Uh, you get the feeling that there's some warding going on to this to prevent tampering at a later point. The last action, however, of the pool is that it goes and at some point on the face of each fabric, different spots for everyone, a number or uh, series of some sort of script appears that is different for each fabric. And the loses its metallic sort of water quicksilver type uh, qualities. At which point the runes mostly vanish with one rune of uh, an anti-tamper rune being the last thing that seems to fade away. So you have the image of the Minotaur head, your own personal signal, and then some sort of script or number on it, on the fabric. Make sense? Yeah, it's a, it's you know, all you know the same kind of stuff you'd see on a paycheck or a modern yep. dollar bill. All right, 
So the gnome hands each of you one of these fabrics and bids you welcome to the city, explains that this is your license, for lack of a better term. It solidifies your citizenship within the city. It marks you a member um, as far as legal rights and responsibilities and so forth. But it should make your movement around the city somewhat less complicated. Are there levels of citizenship? Like, will this permit us to do or go do certain things or go certain places, but not others? There are places that you don't really want to go, but not it's my not question. going to be because <laughs> there are no such places. No, it's there. There's not a deluxe citizenship. It's a regular citizenship, but what you do with it is now, you know, yours to make it deluxe or not. Answer your question or not? Yep. The loom finally sort of kind of winds down a little bit, uh, heaves a couple puffs of magical purple smoke and different colored smoke, and out comes a large familiarly sized um, uh, piece of fabric that is the flag. The flag of all of us, the group flag. Yes. Okay. Um, to which the gnome claps and goes, well, it's not often that we have a new trading house come in. It's usually only allowed when certain members die. But it's always a challenge to make one of these without causing the loom to explode and cause some grievous injuries. So you're all quite lucky and uh, quite fortunate. And well, we'll leave it at that. We're we're, we're used to narrowing, narrowly escaping explosions. I would like to make a perception check to see whether there are, <laughs> there are any buttons around. <laughs> I roll a thirty-three. Anybody else wish to make a perception check? Uh, well, based on that score, do I see anything else inside the the loom that is that would stand out? That down? okay, <laughs> <laughs> that isn't bolted down. <laughs> but quite 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 a lot of doohickeys, but um, since Don't I'm start not with the wessets. Since I'm not up on my uh, loom terminology, uh, you see the shuttle zipping back and forth over the fabric, but the uh, bits that are handling the individual threads, uh, sort of putting it all together, um, look very much like the uh, legs of Fluffy. Ah, Fluffy is a spinning spider. So they have sheep speared on them? No. Drow parts? Sort of of the... they're, they're, They're mechanical. But they sort of have, sort of remind you of spiders, spider legs, mm-hmm. sort of. But they muck around with their um, silk and stuff. So it's so we could almost make the deduction that they use some sort of spider technology in order to weave the silk to make the flags. Yes. Perhaps they'll die. Note to self: learn spider technology. <laughs> The craftsmanship on these 
um, pieces of cloth, silk cloth, is amazing. You know, most people would just kind of note it as a piece of fabric, but actually holding it and feeling it, it is rice paper thin, uh-huh. sort of onion paper kind of thing thin, but it feels like you could rest um, a dragon, yourself, whatever. It's just super thick, very plush feeling material. It would be uh, amazing to blow your nose in it, basically, oh, is what yeah. you're saying. Oh, yeah. And probably it would self-clean. It's just... <laughs> All right. Good. I can throw away my tissue box. <laughs> you know, a really good bag of holding. Keyword's handy uh, handkerchief. You know, or, or, or for Incisor's case, the, uh, the diaper of disappearance. There we go. Ooh. Great, great comfort, you know. So the, the fun part is now you have these things and, uh, the Minotaur returns and congratulates you quite extensively and informs you that you are to, uh, raise your flag whenever you are in the city, either one of you or all members of you. The flag should, under most circumstances, or could, remain in the city under care and will be uh, returned, or you can take it with you. But it is viewed as a courtesy and also sort of the Minotaur kind of smirks, a challenge to others that they may not want to rest on their laurels. Can we get a poll for our flag? Yes, actually. Uh, there is one waiting for you outside. I wonder where oh, it's like Superman um, Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Don't give me ideas. <laughs> you uh, could just sort of see me like having it wrapped around my face and like being <laughs> like master spy in, okay, in the... You're running uh, down the street with the flag held between your hands like that, trying to use it like a parachute. I just picture him like convincing us like it's quick cuts five minutes later he's laying in the middle of it we're trying to heave him up to those catwalks <laughs> I sort of sort of view him going off to the side and being you know trying to make a deal with the gnome to get a couple of towel sized ones and therefore he can do the old spice guy but as yeah, really <laughs> <on> shifter, <laughs> and he's, he's just sitting there with the towel wrapped around him like ah comfort <laughs> look at the flag now back to me now back to the flag now back to me <laughs> The flag there's is not flag. <laughs> It's better than a 500 count sheet. There's a pole, but there's no flag. Oh, too much information. There goes our tech. Alright. So, um, long story short, you're able to go outside and the flagpole where, uh, the giant, the giant's flag was pointed out when you're coming into the city is empty. And you are directed to attach your flag to this flagpole. Too soon. There is in addition a um, slight modification to the flagpole from when you were last here. In that there is a sword that has been placed, sort of like a two-handed uh, greatsword. Mm-hmm. At the with the the tip of the sword buried into the circular ball part of the flagpole at the top. 
What, like, Sticking straight Excalibur? Up? Yes. What does this mean? Let's roll a... You ask, you ask the Minotaur, or... <laughs> Asking. Let's see if we can use it for ourselves. Let's be Sherlock Holmes. Um, uh, diplomacy check? You have what? crappy diplomacy. Don't and who are you diplomatizing? <laughs> if you're not asking. <laughs> he's, thor- he's thoroughly interrogating himself or a molecule of air. God, why? Do you turn what to the do you know chair? about this flagpole? Tell me! Start addressing the empty chair next to you. <laughs> Maybe you rolled diplomacy so, at 55. Every, everybody, by this diplomacy check, in essence, what Thorn has just done is created in his own mind Wikipedia. Because whatever is posted to Wikipedia cannot be wrong, and therefore what is posted to Thorn's mind... Well... Oh, I assure you, Wikipedia can be wrong. <laughs> what would be like the dandy version of Google... A pigeon. <laughs> like some crazy magical level thirty like legend book. legend in the lore spell. For uh for those of you who are uh younger than uh twenty, you may want to go ask your parents what a legend in the lore spell is. Stop saying that. <laughs> you might want to switch that to thirty. Just just so you know, we're actually alienating anyone that's older than thirty. You're, you're like this is this is the old man podcast. If you're <laughs> under 18, you won't know what we're talking about. Watch this. I'm too old. Uh, I'm to the BBC now. <laughs> that's why I made Caesar so we could, we could have a relatable character to our demographic. That's right. God, it's not much over yet. By the way. Lanes anymore. Oh, yeah. Wait, Since- thank you for- Thanks Since for reminding here. me about the BBC because I need to record Doctor Who tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, I know you're way ahead of me. I'm going to play this because Rabbit made it, uh, and we've already talked about polls and embarrassing old people and whatever, so it probably fits <laughs> in here. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Private confrontation. Not like that. Maybe some discipline? <laughs> you better hope to it. That's what Join I Join me on my think. wolf pelt blanket. <laughs> you better hope to whatever god you praise that she doesn't pray to her own god. Otherwise you'll end up like that drow in the forest. I have, so, I have, a, I have an a, adjustable ring that we can use. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> on the wolf pelt I'll need blanket. to make it smaller though. <laughs> Rabbit, I can't take it anymore. All right. <laughs> I wish there. I could have heard that. <laughs> yeah, you will. <laughs> yeah. It's super freak playing with our whole thing. Oh, about I, I heard that much. So in typical DM fashion, in order to try and get that actually used, I drove the, the truck off the cliff, but whatever. <laughs> um, so have you figured out who you're diplomatizing yet or what you're going to do for him? Yes, I'm going to diplomatize. <laughs> Myself. <laughs> God dang it. Wow. So if you haven't worked out by now and you've been listening for a little while, 
this old man is actually Thorn's alter ego, which has come around from being possessed by the hand of Orcus in a previous episode when we were in Shadowfell. Mm-hmm. So No, um, this does not justify yes. your diplomacy check. Yes, this is how I'm I'm no. diplomatizing. It's an old man inside myself. Thorn oh my God. Wait. Even... Wait. No, now is when we it. should have played that song. Alright. Um who roll am I diplom- diplomacy? Yes, okay, I'm going to roll... I Okay, so I rolled a 9 for my diplomacy, so I'm... Uh, yeah. While, while Thorne's uh, over talking to his shoe, <laughs> Cesar asks the guard, What's that sword mean? It's a marker that you have earned your place through combat. We did? When did that maybe, happen? Maybe they think we slayed the giant when we brought his flag in. Or maybe hmm. they consider, I don't know, huh. Uh, can we, can I roll a perception check or some sort of mental check against this guy? Because I want to yep. see, like, if I can get a clearer picture of what he's after. Mm-hmm. Like insight or something? Well, yep. like, yeah, insight. How about that? 20. It's not natural, but 20. Okay. As you do this, and uh, there's the announcement of combat and so forth, uh, you hear from behind you, uh, towards the gate, a loud, booming voice. Guillermo! Guillermo! Where are you? They said that you were out here. To which the Minotaur looks back and goes, I believe your questions are about to be answered. On Z. Perhaps and we still have to prove ourselves. It's not a past, it's a future. Xanatari, take us out. Oh, wow. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about Death D4 Dishonor. Yeah. Subscribe <laughs> on iTunes and find us on Twitter at Death D4. Please take a listen to the Gray Area Podcast about advice and interviews on relationships between gamers and the Super Number One Podcast with Kevin and Andrew. One topic, two geeks, several beers. One at GrayAreaPodcast.com and the other at SuperNumberOne.Lepson.com or on the Signals Media Network at SignalsMedia.com. Join us for a worldwide adventure and stay tuned for next week as we continue our travels. This podcast is a part of the Signals Media All-Star Network. For more information on this and other fine shows, go to SignalsMedia.com. It's okay to stick our stuff in your ears. Really?